Well, this morning I thought I'd share, it's Communion Sunday, and I thought I'd share about the blood uh, of Jesus Christ um, and the purpose of the blood of the covenant and the beginnings of the blood of the covenant. And so we'll just take a look at this this morning Um, in the book of Hebrews as the theme scripture. See what the scriptures teach on the blood. Hebrews chapter 9. In verse 7. It says, But only the high priest ever entered, but only the high priest ever entered the most holy place, and only once a year. And he always offered blood, for his own sins and for the sins of the people uh, had committed in ignorance. Uh, in King James it says, but he entered not without blood. In other words, there was no ability for fellowship with God without first there being an offering of blood, a blood sacrifice. And the blood sacrifice actually starts long before Jesus Christ came and shed his blood. Uh, it starts at the very gates of Eden, just outside the gates of Eden. It said that Abel offered a more acceptable sacrifice. As he offered one in faith, but he offered up a uh, uh, a living animal to the shedding of blood. It says it was a more acceptable uh, offering than that of Cain. And I pondered that a little bit. You know, what, what was wrong with Cain's? You know, uh, he, he made an offering. Why wasn't it acceptable? Why didn't it find favor in the eyes of the Lord as Abel's did? And... Uh, you know, there's there's the debate. Well, Abel's was done in faith. And uh, it does say that. But what was the faith that was in operation that caused him to choose an animal over just some grain offering or uh, or a uh, uh, an offering of uh, vegetables and whatever that might be? Um it's this. There has to become a death, which is a theme throughout the scriptures, for life to take place, for forgiveness to take place. So the foundation of a of a offering, a blood offering for the covenant to be established with God is first found in the Old Testament. Secondly, we'll look at it from the standpoint of the teaching uh, that Jesus gave us himself. Thirdly, what the apostles have to say about the blood uh, and what they taught. And fourth, what John the Revelator talks about the blood in the book of Revelation. You see, Abel's sacrifice 
was the firstling, the first of his flock. It wasn't an add-on. It wasn't an afterthought. It wasn't like, well, I've got X number of things and I can give this portion. It was the firstling of his flock. And he gave it to the Lord as a sacrifice. Hebrews 11.4 speaks of this. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gift. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. See, it was through faith that Abel took something that could later produce more things for him. You see, the firstling of his flock was a huge sacrifice in that this, this firstling, this, this part of his um, livelihood, if you will, could begin to reproduce and create more and more and more. And he took the very first one and he said, I'm going to give it as an offering Under the Lord. He trusted God. Is what it boiled down to. He believed that God was greater. Than and could produce greater things in his life. Than what he could produce in his life. That's what I think. So the very first act of worship recorded in the Bible. Included. The shedding of blood. Abel outside the gates of Eden, his first act of worship included blood in the covenant between God and man. I think in light as of the as you look throughout all through the Old Testament and what it teaches, what Jesus taught, what the apostles taught throughout the Bible, that there can be no approach to God, no fellowship with Him, and no enjoyment of His favor without the shedding of blood. Now, this morning, we did that in remembrance of the one who shed His blood for us, who shed his blood once and for all for mankind. And we are benefactors of that. We are um, in favor because of that. But a lot of times we take that and we don't apply it to our lives. There is a tremendous power in learning about the blood covenant and a tremendous power that can be released in your life in... uh, in understanding how to apply that blood in your life towards your relationship with God, towards your relationship with others. Now, after the time of Abel, 16 centuries go by and we see the flood of Noah. And after the flood, where God washed away the old earth, created a new opportunity for man in the earth the first thing that first act that noah 
had after leaving the ark was once again, he offered up an offering to the Lord. We are encouraged as believers to offer up to the Lord, enter his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. I think that's something that every Christian needs to um, activate in their life and on a daily basis. No matter your circumstances, no matter what you're faced with, enter into his courts with thanksgiving in your heart and into his, his, his gates with thanksgiving into your, in, in your heart and into his courts with praise. Now, in the Old Testament, the priest going into the inner What's the word, Bob? The inner court. Not without blood. He would go in once a year to make sacrifices for himself first and for the people. And not that, not without blood. Blood is a, an amazing theme throughout the Word of God. After, uh, after Noah, we see Abraham and Isaac, and uh, here's this miraculous birth of Isaac, a promise finally fulfilled in Abraham's life. And there's a requirement for that. It says that of Abraham, he believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness, Yet, there needed to be blood sacrifice for the covenant of God to activate. And, of course, he went to sacrifice his son, Isaac, this miraculous son, finally fulfilled in his life. And here he's willing to make a sacrifice. Now, God made a way for him to not have to sacrifice Isaac. Now, just 400 years after this, we see another blood sacrifice. The children of Israel now find themselves, or the, 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 the family of Isaac, if you will, the children of Isaac, um, find themselves in slavery in Egypt. And as God prepares for their deliverance from slavery, He says to them, there's going to be a death angel pass over the land. And what I want you to do is take the blood of a lamb and sprinkle it on your doorposts and over your door. And when the angel of death crosses over, passes over, those that have the blood sprinkled 
will be spared, will be saved. I think, and I'm going to take my liberties on that particular portion right there as I think about it, I think too many times we as Christians live more like the uh, the angel of death pronouncing judgment on a relationship than we do passing over it because we have not applied the blood to that relationship, to that friendship, to that uh brother or sister. I I think we need to, as a practice, uh, more recognize and literally, if necessary, you've got a problem with a brother or a sister in your life, you know, or you got a problem with somebody in your life, they offended you, the pastor has offended you. Thank you, Bob. one of the benefits of receiving the big bucks. Um, Approach that relationship with the blood of Jesus in mind, the sacrifice he made, and say, first of all, I place the blood of Jesus over my brother, over my sister, over their past. You see, you don't want to be held in slavery. You want to be delivered out of Egypt. You want to be delivered out of bondage. And when you don't forgive, when you don't apply the blood of Jesus in your situations, in your marriage, in your, in your uh, church life, um, when you're not applicating the blood of Jesus in that situation... You are pronouncing judgment on the, the relationship. You are pronouncing judgment of slavery on your own life. You are held in slavery in your own life and not set free from that bondage. And you are destined, you are leaving yourself in Egypt. I am going to start practicing this more. I am going to start practicing everything I know about, and I know a lot about you. I talk to your children. They tell me. I am going to start practicing in my approach to my relationship with seeing them as being sprinkled with the blood of Jesus' sacrifice. Therefore, they are made right in God's eyes. Now, who am I to supersede God? And who are you to usurp God's authority? We go, well, that's hard. They were mean to me. They don't like me. I'm taking this all personally. It is about me, God. (laughs) 
It is about my feelings. What did Abel do? That speaks of him. He covenanted with the Lord. What did Abraham do? What did Noah do? Covenanted with the Lord. Now think about the the one of Noah offering a burnt sacrifice. I thought, did he take an extra animal on the ark? Or were some born on the ark? What was that? That's why there's no unicorns. <laughs> Finally, we learn the answer. <laughs> well, now you know. Was that just given by divine revelation this morning that she saw in her picture Bible that there were unicorns? And wanted to know, wanted to know why there aren't any today. Now we know. Noah sacrificed them. Turn to Exodus chapter twenty-four, verse eight. Oh, by the way, if you got your Bible out or anything you're reading, just take a look at it and go, isn't the light nice? I'd like to thank our brother Jeff for coming in and and helping set up scaffolding and change out all those lights. And uh, so that we we can uh, see. Thank you. Where did I say? 24, 8. Thank you. Then Moses took the blood from the basins, splattered it over the people, and declaring, look, this blood confirms the covenant the Lord has made with you in giving you these instructions. I kind of bypassed that part. Um, So I'm backtracking. Um, That there was also blood shed after the law was given. We've got to understand the law was given. He came down with the the, uh, law inscribed in stone. And there was then blood sacrificed and sprinkled on the stone and on the people. We have a covenant with God through the law. There's a good testimony this morning about the law. And the banks of the river. But the law in itself is ineffectual without the blood of Jesus Christ having been sprinkled on our what? On our conscience. On our hearts. That gets us back to the point of relationship with God and with our brothers and sisters.
Our conscience is made clear through the blood of Jesus Christ. We all make mistakes. We all blow it. We all fall short of God's glory. Not just one time, but all the time. Right now, while you're sitting there, there's probably something going on back of your mind. Somebody's like, yeah, that's me. Well, you know what? You're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Your, your conscience is made pure through his blood. Now, do I have a clear conscience towards God and towards my brothers and sisters? If not, I'm not properly applying the blood of Jesus to my circumstances. How's your marriage? Well, I really love my husband, but man, the marriage is crap. Well, apply the blood of Jesus to that guy. If that doesn't work, go ahead and sacrifice something and apply that blood. And maybe, maybe he needs some Old Testament. So then 1,500 years go by again, and now all of a sudden we get uh, a new covenant established with fellowship with the Holy One and with spirit and truth through the blood of Jesus. So let's turn to John chapter 6. Verse 53, so Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me in the same way. Anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that comes down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did. But even though they ate the manna, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. All right. I'm going to leave it there uh, for next time. We'll look at what Jesus teaches about the blood of Christ, his blood being sacrificed, and probably the apostles. So we'll leave it at that today. But what I want us to go away with mostly is being more activated in applying the sacrifice of the covenant of the blood of Christ in all of your circumstances. It will change your life. It will change your circumstances. It will change your boss. How many have a boss they really like? One. The rest of you, get out the blood of Jesus and start just applying it in your daily life. Lord, I just I just thank you for your blood today. I'm entering your 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 gates.
this morning with thanksgiving. Thank you for the blood of Christ that cleanses me and gives me a clean conscience and a pure conscience towards that person. How about that person? I think we need to do that. Too many people are not recognizing the blood of Too many people are not recognizing the blood that's there for deliverance from you being held in bondage. I am sick and tired of shackles and bondage. I don't want to be held in bondage to the past. I don't want to be held in bondage to the fact that I didn't like that person because they hurt my feelings. I am sick of that. I'm not going to live there anymore. My wife and I will get into a scrum. How many know what a scrum is? And, uh, you know, it can escalate really fast. But we settle the matter. You know, we, we settle the matter. It, it doesn't happen as frequently as it used to. But it still happens. You know? For those of you who are newlyweds, good luck. <laughs> the quicker you learn how to keep the blood of Christ activated in your heart and in your conscience towards others, the quicker you'll be able to deal with these things. Amen. Let's stand up. Form. Amen. Lord Jesus, we just love you so much. We come into your gates right now with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for your blood. Thank you for your covenant. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your sacrifice that has brought us salvation. We praise your name, God. We praise you, Lord. As high priests, by your calling, we offer a sacrifice of praise on behalf of those in our congregation, in our community, and in this world, Lord, that we might be good ambassadors and high priests to you, making intercession for them. Bless your name, God. Amen. Amen. Stick around and enjoy some food. Let's pray over that right now. Father, we just pray over the food. We thank you for those uh, that... Uh, labored over the food to prepare it for us. 
bless them. Lord, those that brought a, a, um, a sacrifice of cakes and pastries to the, uh, it's not a burnt offering. We just, uh, we just ask that you just bless that, that gives the ladies extra money to spend on themselves. In Jesus' name, amen.